God bless you guys. Welcome back to Hope Ministries. That is Chill Hop on YouTube. Man, if you gotta get, uh, if you need a pick me up and you gotta get ready and focus to read, whether it's the Bible or any book or do some kind of task, man, it's good to get a nice, a nice beat behind it, right? I mean, for me, music has always motivated me, whether it's to do something, a practice before the gym, um, whatever it is, it always is so inspirational to have that, that nice solid beat, right? And I hope that you guys are, are coming into this Bible study tonight, ready to go. If not, I really do hope that that beat helped out a little bit, right? So guys, we're on chapter 15. Yes, we're already two quarters of the way through. And man, has it been quite a ride so far. And I really want to get right into it. I have zero updates for today. I mean, the next couple of days, I'll have a ton of updates. But as far as today, there's nothing really to talk about. I really want to get into the word and take as much as time as possible to break down chapter 15, which consists of 33 verses. So, guys, I'm going to keep reading at the Amplified version. I know in the last episode I said I'll be jumping to a new translation. However, this translation has just been breaking everything down in such a profound way so i'm gonna keep at it so open up your tablets your laptops your notebooks whatever you have in front of you let's get ready to take some notes and see what king solomon has to say in chapter 15 of the book of proverbs so it is titled as the um chapters before the same title contrast the upright and the wicked verse 1 says a soft and gentle and a gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. You guys ever had an opportunity in your life where someone tells you something and you have the ability to do A or B, which is A, a soft and gentle and thoughtful answer, which means you process and thought what you were going to say and then you responded to it, you know? So even if the person says something mean to you or nasty to you or is inquisitive of you, you still find the ability to respond politely. But then option B on the table, which happens quite often too, we decide to answer in a harsh and painful way and we're kind of careless with our words, right? We kind of put some insert expletive curse word here in between the words and sentences we want to use and that stirs up anger. So guys, we just be very weary that a lot of people are going through stuff and especially now with everyone on edge, just learn and teach yourself how to give soft and gentle answers. I'm not saying that you're not irritated or frustrated, but learn to speak life and not death and cause a problem. You want that, right? Verse 2 says, The tongue of the wise speaks knowledge that is pleasing and acceptable, but the babbling mouth of the fool spouts folly. That's pretty straightforward, guys. We know listening to either or, you're going to get some sound wisdom or some sound babbling, right? Number three, highlight this for me, please. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching both evil and the good in all their endeavors. Hmm. You know, when I think about this verse, the first thing that I think about personally is so if you consider yourself righteous and an upright with your ups and a good standing with God, his eyes are so firmly on you. I feel like sometimes we think, oh, I'm good with God and God and I are just, you know, we're buddies and we're, we're close and he loves me and I love him. But his eyes are still on you. We feel sometimes like, oh, no, go look at the evil ones and, and look what, what they're doing, you know, because they're always you know crazy or whatever. His eyes are everywhere. 
So be sure and be careful that you're not trying to walk around in false righteousness and, you know, that false humility kind of thing. And understand that God's eyes are everywhere looking at all our endeavors. Amen. Not just evil ones, not just good ones, but everybody's. Amen. Verse 4 says, A soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life. Again, the gospel is like a tree. We see that in the book of Matthew. But a perverse tongue speaking words that overwhelm and depress crushes the spirit. There have been so many times where, again, we can choose to have a soothing tongue or a perverse tongue. And I think a lot of times, if I can, if I can compare it to something recent, I would say coronavirus. I would say I would use the virus as, you know, uh, the ability or the platform to whether to speak good or bad. Even the even the election, even the the the, the debate, the debates, and and you know, everything that's happening there on that front. I mean, we can choose to speak life or death, and we can be a soothing tongue, or we can be a prefer a, a perverse tongue. Ask yourself, which one are you? When you have deep conversations, are you speaking words of life or death? Interesting. Number five, verse five, sorry. A flippant, arrogant fool rejects his father's instruction and correction, but he who is willing to learn and regards and keeps in mind a reprimand acquires good sense. Again, reprimands are okay. Discipline is good. The word even says that God, if he loves you, he's going to discipline you. It's not an option. It's not an ultimatum. He's going to do it because he loves you. And he wants to make sure that when you're walking in life, you're not okay with doing things that are not okay in his sight. You see, God is not like that. God will make sure you're doing what is righteous in his eyes by allowing you and telling you and informing you of what you're doing if it's aligned with his will or not. Six says, Great and priceless treasure is in the house of the consistently righteous one who seeks godly instruction and grows in wisdom. But trouble is in the income of the wicked one who rejects the laws of God. Interesting how, again, we're talking about pleasure, treasures and priceless treasures. And, and I guess you can say um, being prosperous in God. How when you walk with him, the house is full of just ex these great and priceless treasures of the one who consistently seeks out the Lord. But the income of the wicked is just doesn't thrive. Maybe it has its days, has its moments, but it won't thrive and it won't be stable for much longer. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, sifting it as chaff from the grain, but the hearts of the short-sighted fools are not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Yes, highlight that verse 8 for me, please. The sacrifice of the wicked. You know how many times there are people out there who know nothing about God. As a matter of fact, they practice more evil than good. And when I mean evil, I'm not talking about like, you know, I guess if we can compare it to right now, like celebrating Halloween and cursing. No, I'm talking about you do not, you do not um, value any of God's principles. You don't value his, his precepts, his statutes. You don't walk with him. You don't have a connection with him. And, you know, it ends up becoming offensive to the Lord, your sacrifice. So you want to give God, oh, here's this. Here's the rest of my time. Here's the, the two hours of my Sunday. Here's the, the prayer of give me blessings, right? But the prayer of the upright is his delight. The ones who walk with him and are praying not only for tangible assets, not only for emotional, like uplifting feelings, but to bring heaven to earth. Come on, let's walk upright with God because it is his delight. And we want to make sure our father is experiencing delight 
on our, our behalf. The way of life of the wicked is hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Again, but he loves one who pursues righteousness, personal integrity, moral courage, and honorable character. Whatever you're doing in life, understand something that if you really want to win, I'm not trying to say win God's affection. If you really want to be successful at life, according to godly principles, pursue what is righteous in his eyes, not the world's eyes. That literally is offensive to God. And if you consider him a father and call him a father, why would you do something that offends him? Amen. Verse 10, there is a severe discipline for, for him who turns away from the way of righteousness, and he who hates correction will die. Again, let discipline and correction come. They lead to a better understanding of who God is. Sheol, the netherworld, the place of the dead, and, and, and Abaddon, the abyss, the place of eternal punishment, lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts and inner motives of the children of men. Wow, so God sees everything. He's made all these places. He knows where they reside. He knows how to put them in a GPS and get to each and every location. How much more your heart that he designed when he saw your unformed body knows what it's thinking, what it's feeling, what it's expressing, what it's harboring. Let that heart, let that heart gather some inner motives, man. Let them all out. Let God know because he already does know. I mean, let's keep it real. But share them with God and let that heart heal. Amen. A scoffer, unlike a wise man, resents one who rebukes him and tries to teach him. Nor will he go to the wise for counsel and instruction. Highlight this for a second. A scoffer, unlike a wise man, resents one who rebukes him and tries to teach him. There are so many moments in life where God's not going to use the wisest of men to teach you. We saw this with Balaam and the donkey. Um, he'll use a simpleton. He'll use somebody who you consider to be beneath you to teach you. And if you're trying to rebuke him and say, you know what, this guy can't teach me. You've got to be very, very careful because, listen, it's not really about who you're receiving it from. Wisdom comes from above. And if God uses a vessel or chooses a vessel of his liking, you got to say, Lord, thank you for that. Because even though I might not like how you sent the message, it's only a messenger. The message was from heaven. And I received that. Amen. 13 says, a heart full of joy and goodness makes a cheerful face. But when a heart is full of sadness, the spirit is crushed. I probably experienced this maybe once every Wednesday with a team at True Encounter. You see some of them walk in there and their heart is so full of joy. And this, they had that big smile. But then you see some of them walk in with a heart full of sadness and their spirit is crushed. Their face is downtrodden. Their countenance is just sad. And guys, understand something. It, it's it shows you know when when these two things i mean this this is this is a verse that literally is is living in physical so it, it has a lot of weight behind it so take out your highlighter highlight that and make sure your heart is full of joy because it's going to come out to the external whatever is coming in happening inside is going to manifest in the outside 14 says the mind of the intelligent and discerning seeks knowledge and eagerly acquires inquires after it but the mouth of the stubborn fool feeds on foolishness. Hmm. All the days of the, of the, all the days of the afflicted are bad, but a glad heart has a continual feast, regardless of the circumstances. Man, when you're afflicted, every single day seems like it's a new body part, it's a new part of the brain. 
It's a new emotion. It's a new financial struggle. But those who are glad in their heart and they have Christ and everything they need, it's like a continual feast. It's like Thanksgiving every single day. I have whatever, everything I need. And it doesn't matter when or what day it is, what season it is. I have Jesus. Amen. Better is a little with a reverent, worshipful, worshipful fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Mm, a lot of people want so many things. They want abundance of the greatest desire of their life. But what's better? To have so much but to be so empty or to have a little and to be full? You choose. 17 says, Better is a dinner of vegetables and, her and her herbs where love is present than a fattened ox served with hatred. Man, that is deep. Think about it. Go to your homes, see what's happening there. We'll, we'll start very small in that dynamic. And, you know, would you rather have your parents have all the money in the world? I mean, my situation was very, it actually speaks volumes to this verse because my parents could have been rich. My father was loaded when I was a kid, uh, making upwards of close to 30 grand a, a month, you know, and he had cars, he had everything he needed, he had companies. And we, I could have really had a beautiful car when I was 15, 16 years old, but I would have had a divorced parents. I would have had a crushed home. I would have had a, a really weird and strange identity. So the, what's, what this verse is basically saying is even if you're eating the bare minimum ramen noodles, if love is present, then doesn't it's just it, it outweighs that. But if you're eating everything you want, have everything you want, but you feel empty, I mean, ask somebody, ask somebody who, who's wealthy, who's rich, and ask them, what would you want? A loving family who listens to you, or would you want everything in the world, but still feel dry and empty? Interesting. 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger and patient calms disputes. I find myself fighting with this left and right because I could do either or. Some days I am the mediator, and I say, hey, guys, take it easy, calm down, don't yell at her, don't yell at him, don't talk that way. But then sometimes that hot temper just flares up, man. You stir it up and you feel it. And it could cause strife. But I just thank the God. I thank the Lord so much because he's really worked on me in this area. And without him, trust me, I would be the first part of this verse. Nowhere near the second part of this verse. 19. The way of the lazy is like a hedge of thorns. It pricks, lacerates, and entangles him. But the way of life of the upright is smooth, open like a highway. Hmm. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Foolishness is joy to him who is without heart and lacks intelligent common sense. But a man of understanding walks uprightly, making his course straight. Without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they are established and succeed. My young people out there, how many times are you seeking counsel? When I mean counsel, not somebody who looks and sounds just like you to say what you want to hear. How many times are you looking for actual consultation? Yeah, I've met so many people who have told me, yeah, I spoke to someone about it and they told me to go forth with it. Now, my question is that somebody you spoke with what exactly about them do you trust in? Do you trust in the fact that you know they're going to agree with you? Or are you actually so, I guess, you're curious as to what they're going to say because you really do believe that there's probably a 60 to 70% chance that they're not going to say what you want to hear. So my whole thing is if you have somebody who's telling you what you want to hear, maybe you should change that because your plans are probably to continue to be frustrated. But there's many wise counselors, man, there is right at, 
whenever you have those people constantly giving you wise counsel, there is success. So I definitely advise you to find people who are really going to help you get through life making sound decisions, not just doing whatever your heart feels. 23 says, a man has joy in giving an appropriate answer. And how good and delightful is a word spoken at the right moment. How good it is, man. You ever had that moment where you're just kind of struggling in life and, you know, you're having a rough day, but somebody just comes in and just drops a word on you and you start shedding a tear. You start crying a little bit like, man, like how did this person know I needed to hear this? That's how it is, man. I think all of us have experienced that and how delightful it is when that word is spoken at the right time. This happens probably once well, once every uh, service day, which is for us Friday and, 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 and Sunday, but even our class on Wednesdays, those timely words, man, they, they do wonders. Um, a man has joy in giving an appropriate answer. And how good and delightful is a word spoken at the right time? Sorry, guys, I read that. I'm just reading it again because it was really good. Verse 24, the chosen path of life leads upward for the wise that he may keep away from Sheol, the netherworld, the place of the dead below. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud and the arrogant self-righteous, but he will establish and protect the boundaries of the land of the godly widow. Man, a lot of people, they have a lot of strength and try to fortify themselves and what they believe and what they think is good. But that house eventually will get torn down. And the one he will establish and protect is the one who actually fears the Lord, the one who has nothing, the one who does not have the advantages and the pleasures of life, so to speak, as you do. So be very uh, weary of that. Evil plans and thoughts of the wicked are exceedingly vile and offensive to the Lord, but pure words are pleasant words to him. Make sure your thoughts are pleasing in his sight. Let your meditation be pleasing in his sight, says the psalmist David. And make sure that you are pleasing the Lord with what you're saying and thinking and doing. 27 says, He who pours, who, I'm sorry, he who profits unlawfully brings suffering to his own house. But he who hates bribes and does not receive nor pay them will live again. Dishonest scales, dishonest wages. Guys, earn a living the way it should be done. Don't hide what you're making or find a loophole of doing things that are illegal. Just do it the right way. 28. The heart of the righteous thinks carefully about how to answer in a wise and appropriate timely way, but a babbling fool of the wicked pours out malevolent things. Man. Guys, you there is a I guess like a a sign, like an evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you because someone will say something and your mind is telling you fire back with this, but then he comes in and says, no, take your time and let's process this. That is a sign you have been given the Holy Spirit because your flesh would love to answer in any timely fashion as fast as it possibly could. But the word says what? Be quick to listen, so to speak. Holy Spirit gives us that gift. The Lord, is, the Lord is far from the wicked and distances himself from them. But he hears the prayer of the consistently righteous, that is, those who spirit who spiritual integrity and, and have who have spiritual integrity and moral courage. Amen. The light of the eyes rejoice. I'm sorry. The light of the eyes rejoices the hearts of others. And good news puts fat on the bones. Amen to that. You ever get good news and you get that tingly feeling and you just feel so full? Exactly. You get the, the fat on the bone, so to speak, right? 
31. The ear that listens to and learns from the life-giving rebuke, reprimand, or censor, censure will remain among the wise. He who neglects and ignores instruction and discipline despises himself, but he who learns from rebuke acquires understanding and grows in wisdom. And last but not least, verse 33. The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping and regarding him as truly awesome is the instruction for wisdom, its starting point and its essence, and before honor comes humility. Well, I'm looking at my episode uh, time clock over here. 20 minutes. Wow. And I tried to get this in quick. I try to make this uh, a fast, you know, proverb reading. But that's exactly what happens when you're reading these proverbs. So many things come up. And if you guys go back to every single verse, read it again carefully, go to a different translation, dive deeper into what's happening. Because, man... This one had a lot. I can tell by the time this one had a lot because there was a lot of breaking down of each verse and it was just so much to take in in one sitting. But um, there you have it, guys. That's chapter 15. We are now officially ready to start chapter 16 tomorrow. But again, what, what stood out to you in this, in, this, in this passage? Which verse, which wise riddle stood out to you that really you want to start putting into your life? And... I know that, you know, the has a word calls itself a double-edged sword. I'm sure it was piercing you. And if it was piercing you, it was piercing me, man. So, hey, this is what the word does. It edifies us. It builds our character. It continuously helps us as we grow closer and closer with our Lord Jesus. And I really do hope that this reading helped you out today. So, there you have it, guys. This concludes our episode and chapter. Um, I hope you guys have a safe night. I hope whatever verse you're highlighting right now and translating right now or interpreting whatever it is that you utilize it right now or tomorrow but love you guys i'll see you tomorrow back here at hope ministries for chapter 16 god bless and have a safe night